Hi, I'm Alex. Most people recognize me by my voice. I am the default speech voice for Mac OS. Now you know who I am, you will refrain from listening to I Doubt It with Dalmore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us and welcome to this 341st episode of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, Jesse Dalamore, and sitting and typing directly across from me, the lady who has tasks to accomplish up until the time that she's introduced on the show, Brittany Page. <laughs> Why do you always have to be a dick? That's something that I'm curious about. If you could enlighten us, please. Hmm. I'm being a dick. Yeah. You're messaging on Facebook. I'm not messaging on Facebook. Oh, you no, weren't? if you if you want to know what I was doing, are you typing some some essay about the the events of the of the day? Yeah, I'm typing an essay about the events of the day. What a successful joke that was. <laughs> Props, sir. Wow. No, I'm actually starting the info because that's what I do. I type the info. Yeah, a little a you little do, huh? a little glimpse into how the sausage well, is made, you, uh, right? Why don't you uh what do you have so far? I have number th- 341. Okay, good. Blocked in all caps exclamation point. All right, that's what you're doing. Yeah. I was just testing to make sure that's what was going on. Yeah. Speaking of blocked, <laughs> let's talk about this. Spoiler alert. <laughs> the president of the United States woke up on Saturday morning not happy with Jesse Dollamore. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, if you stand up and defend the honor and integrity of uh, John McCain, you anger Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. So I, you were blocked by Donald Trump. I don't know if we already said that. On Twitter. That's yeah, right. you were blocked by Donald Trump on Twitter, which is so fantastic and just a tremendous honor. <laughs> and... I wish, believe me, I wish that there could have been, you know, you took the screen video, the screen recording of showing, proving that that he had blocked you. Yeah, yeah. And I wish that we had a screen recording of when Donald Trump went to block you because I'm I'm interested to know, like, how many of your videos did he watch? How many of your tweets did he read? Just going through your profile pissed off. Yeah. Hating your guts, reading things that you've been writing about him or watching your videos. I wonder if he spent time doing that. I'm very curious. Yeah. Uh, in, in his robe, <laughs> laying across the bed. Taking a big Trump dump in the morning. That's <laughs> it's not well, listen, necessary. It's, one, l- let me address a couple things. One, uh, I'm getting a, some pushback from YouTube trolls and Twitter trolls. About what? Who try to take away from the fact that he blocked me by saying, well, he didn't actually himself do it. He's got staff that deals with that. And I say, nope. The at real Donald Trump Twitter account, that's all him, baby. That is Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. 
Very rarely does a tweet come out of that account that seems cogent, um, well thought out, mm-hmm. well written. That's a Trump thing. Mm-hmm. Especially in the early hour that he blocked me. Yeah, that's the account where he sends the porn DMs to himself so that he can have them for later. <laughs> And just stockpiles them in his account. And and he only has access to it, so no one else can see. Well, the other thing is... Sorry, fighting through a yawn here. Professional. Wow. Brittany Page. Yeah, I know. You were calling me out for typing. The other thing is that it is kind of a pain in the ass for me. Mm-hmm. Because I had to um, resurrect a placeholder Twitter account. I have had at uh, Jesse Dollamore for a while on Twitter... Just so nobody went and snaked it and turned it into some, you know, porn account or something. And uh, I had to go there and start. So now, but the thing is, is I don't get alerts to my phone like I did before. Um, because your Twitter account is attached to a, a real phone number. Oh. Yeah. So this is a problem. Well, because part of the effectiveness of tweeting Donald Trump is doing it right away. Yeah. Hitting him right when he tweets. And now I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> so. Well, don't sound defeated. Well, because I'm not defeated. Listen. He's probably hate listening right now. And he <laughs> he's going to hear that defeat and your voice. And he is going to be so pleased. No, I'm not defeated. Because okay. really it is. Listen, everybody. And this is. I don't want this to come across as bragging. Uh-oh. I don't. I don't. But think about this. The President of the United States of America didn't have anything better to do than to block me on Twitter because I tweeted something he didn't like. That is, what in the fuck world do we live in right now Mm -hmm. where our President is concerning himself? Well, first of all, he's a President that is getting shitty things tweeted at him because he's such a fucking dickbag. But he's got nothing better to do. North Korea, not a problem. Puerto Rico is in shambles right now. A legit humanitarian crisis is unfolding right now in Puerto Rico. And Donald Trump is blocking me on Twitter and railing against the NBA and the NFL all weekend long. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's not about it's not about people. It's about him. That's exactly right. So, so yeah, blocked. Congrats! But and it's not. Listen, there are many, many people who have been blocked by Donald Trump. It's not like, but it is. It's kind of like a small, a small little club. Yeah, I'm in a club, and there's a law. There is a lawsuit that's been brought by the Knight, uh, the Knight First Amendment Foundation at uh, Columbia University. And they are suing Donald Trump on behalf of six or seven different Twitter users who have been blocked by Donald Trump mm-hmm. because effectively he is taking away my my right to of redress, my right of uh, I guess informal petition of the government, my my right to to speak truth to power related to the president of the United States because he's not going to see my tweets because when you block somebody, you don't see them either. Is they that can't true? see you, but you can't see them. Yeah, that's the way it works. Hmm. So he doesn't get to hear. The president has turned off 
my ability to lodge my complaints. Well, you were hurting his feelings. In a way that he feels is v- the most valuable and important way to communicate is Twitter for him. And he's, he's removed my ability to do so. Mm-hmm. So, you know, effectively, you know, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you have your other account now, right? At Jesse Dollimore. There which you go. has all of 43 people following me. Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good time. <laughs> if you're on Twitter, maybe you should go follow me so it's not such a sad fucking ordeal over there. Well, it would have been better if he blocked that account, the one with the 40 followers. Yeah, I wouldn't have cared about it. I mean, I don't really care about this. It is, listen, like I said, double-edged sword, but the pros way outweigh the cons because now I know I got to him. Exactly. I won because he couldn't fucking handle it. Yes. And also, I'm just a ding-dong with a fucking podcast and uh, a video camera and a green screen, Mm -hmm. and he can't handle it. Yeah. That makes me feel kind of good. It's scary. (laughs) It's very alarming. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Upsetting. Speaking of alarming and upsetting, Brittany Page, Mm. let's get to some emails. Perfect. (laughs) Not upsetting, not alarming at all, but I needed a segue. Yeah. And that's that's all you gave me. Okay. All right. So we're doing emails. We're doing emails first. Okay. Well, let's talk about this first because several people have been asking where I got my love of music. Funk <laughs> and 70s music. Yes. Um, because of my white supremacist background. Well, I think it's also... You're so phenomenally good at that segment of music on song pop. We've been talking about song pop a lot. Yeah. Well, I I think it's also because people learn that I grew up in a white supremacist household. Yeah, I don't like when you say your white supremacist background. Like, you chose that as a background. Right. You were raised in that. It was the influence on you. You weren't... Yeah, so when people... You're like organizing meetings. Yeah. (laughs) So when people hear about my... My childhood. Yes, better. My childhood experiences with my parents, they assumed that it was a lot of Leonard Skinner, and that was there too. I know all the words to give me three steps. Okay. And wow. I'll, I'll lip sync it one day for you. No, you won't. <laughs> but my parents, even though they were racist, um, they were from Southern California. So they had a lot of the rap influences here as well and so some of my favorite memories as a kid are like driving to church and rapping Tupac songs (laughs) with my mom and two younger sisters and we all knew the words and like rapping the songs together and and Dr. Dre but my parents also played Earth, Wind and Fire and my favorite albums when I was a kid were the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack and you know I, I just I grew up listening to that music even though my parents were racist. They still listened to music. What a bleak existence it would be <laughs> if you deprive yourself of artists like that. Yeah. If you're only listening to, you know, I, this is not really your parents, but what what kind of life if you're just, you know, yeah, you're you're really cutting off your nose despite your face. By uh, eliminating that whole section of of awesome tunes from your from your life, yeah, and and so I think a lot of people think that must be the case 
with people that are racist. But I think I think a lot of times it's not because yeah. they have to recognize that um, that music is impossible not to love. So right, right, yeah, yeah, it transcends the hate. <laughs> Yes. And the illogical bullshit that, that gets spewed from white supremacy. I mean, it's Earth, Wind, and Fire. How can it not? So you're raised on that is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's how everybody is dying to know. Um, so we got this message from... Well, let's get that. Let's get to that really important one first. Yeah, I'm getting... That's the one I'm oh, reading. okay. Good. It is from J-N-Y-X Loki. Mm. Okay. So whatever that code name is. And they say, how are you doing? And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll answer. um, Doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm actually feeling quite down, but but we're working through it. All right. Okay. Thank you for the email. Yeah. Thank you for your concern. Next on the docket. John in Cincinnati. Dear Jesse and Brittany, like most Americans. John, I'm also doing still pretty good. Like most Americans, I've been trying to digest all that the past week of patriotism and demonstrations involving Trump and the athletes says about us. I have never understood or bought into people who buy patriotic bumper stickers or support the troops bumper stickers. Just because you spend a few dollars on that sticker, is that supposed to say that your heart is more aligned with the country and your fellow countrymen? Patriotism is not something you buy. It is not a commodity. It is something you show. I'm sick of the oversimplification and watering down of what it means to be patriotic. The entire Pittsburgh Steelers team decided to remain in the locker room during the national anthem before the kickoff of their game. One player who previously served, Alejandro Villanueva, decided to break from his teammates and stand outside of the tunnel and quietly stand for the anthem. I think that's beautiful, and that was his personal right. Of course, over the next 24 hours, his jersey has become the highest-selling jersey in the NFL because of this same commercialization of patriotism. Since America loves sports, here's an analogy that is impossible to misunderstand. America is a team, and we're made of all different types of personalities. We are not monotonous. An attack on one of us should inspire all of us to take offense. That's patriotic. To see a climate being cultivated where LGBT teammates are being discriminated against and legislation is being passed to push them to the margins and to not take this personal and stand up for them is not being a good teammate. To see video evidence and statistics and proof of African Americans being mistreated by a justice system that often tells them through acquittals and mistrials and unfair sentencing and being able to look the other way all while your American teammate is having to go through this is not being a good teammate. To see those poor people of all different races and walks of life who because of the cruelness of fate are stricken with all nature of maladies who lack the financial resources to mount a defense against these diseases and to stand idly by and strip away from them guaranteed governmental protections is not being a teammate. There are many more instances where teammates are needed to give a hand to their brethren to ensure the viability of Team America as a whole, but buying a bumper sticker or an Alejandro Villanueva jersey is easier and provides you easier visual cover than doing the goddamn hard work required to actually be a patriot. It's really stupefying. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on what I perceive to be the oversimplification of patriotism as it is being commonly understood today. 
I wow, I couldn't have said it better. I think the drawing the distinction and making a metaphor there between about the teammate thing is awesome. Um I have been talking about this patriotism fucking circle jerk for a long time. I am a patriot. I love my country. We've made mistakes as a country that no one can deny that are horrific that have affected and the lives and the deaths of millions of people. It's a bummer. But what we strive to be is noble. What we endeavor to become is noble. So it bothers me, especially when over the course of several years, the conservative movement, the Republican Party, has tried to co-opt, tried to monopolize, patriotism, love of country, the flag. And I've said it for a long time, we need to take it back. Do, don't be afraid to fly the flag. Don't be a, afraid to wear a flag pin. Don't be afraid to say you love America. Because if we as liberals or centrists or Democrats seem afraid to be proud of America, then what is it we're trying to make better? Are we really working toward a progressive America or are we ashamed of our country? Take it back. Be patriotic. Love your country. It's okay. What's not okay is to allow assholes like Donald Trump, monsters like Ted Cruz, Tommy Lahren, Kid Rock, Ted Nugent, Sarah Palin, these types to hijack that. Well, I think it's also people who are pseudo. I I don't know what word I'm looking for. Pseudo military members. Oh, I yeah. guess I don't know. Like they, 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 they by proxy of their love that you they could just be considered. Well, I I ran into this person who was talking about how they would die for their country. Um, yeah, yeah, and. They were going on and on about how they would give their life. And I just casually asked, oh, so, you know, which branch of the military were you in? And they never served. But they were like sitting here talking about how they would die for their country. Yeah. And that was very confusing to me because it seemed to be something this person was very passionate about <laughs> and yeah. felt very strongly about so much so that they would give their life for their country. But then they weren't actually going to sign on the dotted yeah, line. Yeah. I and, call it Tommy Lahren syndrome. Yeah. And, and it bothers me a lot. I bet it does. Well, here, here, here's <laughs> Being the someone that actually served in the military. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like to beat people over the head with my military service because it was a choice I made. I don't begrudge anybody if they didn't, unless they can't shut their fucking pie hole about how much they love the troops, how much they love the military, how much we need to blah, 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 blah. Well, if you love it so much, sign on the goddamn dotted line, pick up a weapon, and stand a post. Well, and it seems, I don't know if it's as common with women, but it seems like there are certain groups of men that almost believe that through being patriotic, it's almost as though they did serve in the military. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of 
<laughs> they feel a kinship with military members because they are patriotic. And so they didn't need to serve right. as long as they, you know, like John in Cincinnati is saying, as long as they have a support the troops sticker, right? then that's conveying the message it needs to convey. They don't need to have served. Well, I, th- I think they work it around in their mind that, well, I really, I really thought about doing it. I considered it very strongly and almost did. So by virtue of that... I'm like an honorary military member. Right. And I think people people do this with Donald Trump, too. I've I've heard people say, oh, well, he went to a military academy. <laughs> he was a bad kid, so he got sent to a, a boarding school is yeah, what happened. Yeah, I've seen people dressed as army men at Halloween. Does that mean that they are... I, <laughs> Were they sexy army men? Yeah, yes. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I've seen women... Dressed as sexy military members, are they effectively the military as well? Yeah, if you dress as a sexy nurse or a sexy doctor, oh yeah, then you are qualified by virtue of that yeah. to do surgery on people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Thank you for the email, John. It, it was beautifully written. A great point. Um, awesome. Thank you very much. Yes. All right. Next email. We don't have another email. We don't have another email. We have we, a voicemail. We do have a voicemail. Listen, uh, we have a lot of listeners outside of the United States. Yes. And I don't want to give a greater sense of import <laughs> to to our foreign listeners. Yeah. But goddamn, I love our Scandinavian listeners, our you know Sweden and Norway and Amsterdam and Great Britain. Australia, Brazil. We got a whole bunch of listeners in Brazil. Don't ask me why. Um, and I love you guys. But we also have... Uh, uh, the only listener we know of, mm-hmm. and I don't have specific a breakdown of the numbers, or at least I, I might be have it. I just don't pay attention to it. But we have a listener in South Korea. Yeah. Named Yuri. Yep. Who has called in before. Mm-hmm. And she has called in again. And I'm so happy, Yuri, yeah. that you called in. Because you're our only finger on the pulse of what the fuck is going on on the Korean Peninsula right now. The Dollamore correspondent on yeah, the ground. That's right. Our senior Korea correspondent. Yes. Yuri. Hello. This is Yuri from South Korea. I'm calling you to talk about uh, what's happening in the Korean Peninsula and Trump's response to this whole situation. You know, we South Korean have dealt with North Korea for quite some time. We don't get scared or frightened that easily by support or action. Uh, but this time, uh, things are different. The level of tension has gone up um, so much that people, even little kids, talk about the possibility of war. And I think... Another important reason that South Korean people feel more anxious than any other time is the combination of North Korea and Trump. Um, I just don't have any confidence in Trump. He's just incompetent as a president, and his words and behaviors are really unstable and um, just escalating tensions. Whenever he talks about a military option, fire and fury, and um, totally destroying North Korea, I get not only scared, but also really mad. 
um, it's re- really irresponsible to talk about other countries' fate in that kind of manner. And if a war happens, it's going to happen in Korean Peninsula, not in the U.S. And he doesn't seem to understand the horrible and devastating consequences of a war. And, you know, we went through the Korean War almost 70 years ago, and it left so many horrible and traumatic experiences to many people. And I didn't experience the war myself. It still affects me in different ways. And we don't want to repeat the sad and horrible um, history ever again. That's why a war should never be an option in any cases. And um, I just want to ask President Trump just one thing. Um, Please don't start a war, please. Um, That's all I have to say. I appreciate what you guys are doing. Keep up the good work. Bye. We love you. Yes, we definitely do. And I feel for you. And I have two questions. One would be what Yuri stated. And the other one would be, come on, bro. Why'd you block me on the Twitter, man? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love how polite she was in asking the question of him because we know he deserves that. He's a monster dick face. Yeah. A dick face who's a monster. You don't need to treat him with politeness. Yeah. Or respect. Yeah. I think she makes a beautiful point, though. And this is something that... I have recently started to stress on the podcast and will continue to do so going forward, which is Donald Trump does not value other people. He values himself. And so when he is involved in these interactions and these discussions, it isn't about what would be the best for people. It's what is going to make him look good, what's going to make his administration look successful, right? And that's that's a scary thought that someone is in this position of power and that that is his concern. I truly believe the bottom of my heart. And I don't mean to, to shed any more fear on this situation that than is already here. But I do believe and we'll just take North Korea out of the, the mix of, of, of this particular thing, even though we're you know, we're hip deep in this. If Donald Trump believed it would make him look powerful and like a good leader and like he always claims to be the most militaristic person ever, if Donald Trump really believed that dropping a nuke or preemptively striking North Korea or whichever country would would accomplish that, he wouldn't take he would not take into account the millions of lives that would likely be lost he would only worry about how his image would would fare. Right. So if there would be benefit to him, I think he would go for it. Against the counsel of his generals and of his military aides and of his intelligence analysts and the experts. Right. And you can actually see that this is the way that he thinks in his latest tweets. And I don't have them pulled up, which is a mistake because I started talking about this before I had them pulled up. But... <laughs> He was talking about things like most people in the stadium were booing the very few players that chose to kneel. 
emphasizing majority. Very important to him. Right. That the majority of the people agree with him. That's why it kills him and that, that he lost the election. And it's just a few. Yeah. It's just a few yeah. that were disobeying him. That is why he it bothers him so much that he lost by three million in the in the uh, popular vote and continuously says if he really wanted to, if it was important to him to win the popular vote, he could have done it too. That's easy, he was saying in Alabama this weekend. And then he tweeted, imagine being a 71 year old man yeah, and 71 and, and tweeting something like this. General John Kelly totally agrees with my stance on NFL players and the fact that they should not be disrespecting our flag or great country. They're capitalized, so I'm imagining he's yelling. Um, But he's tweeting that John Kelly totally agrees with him. Yeah. Hey, guys, someone smart really agrees with me, okay? It's not enough that he's president of the United States. The buck should stop there. His opinion should be... The tops. And what's People a- should be saying, hey, the president totally agrees with me. Yeah. But instead, it's, hey, these underlings, they agree with me. Y- yeah. And it, w- it wouldn't be so bad if he just privately thought to himself with his insecure brain, oh, yeah, he agrees with me. That's great. But yeah. he has to go to his Twitter and announce it to the world because he can't keep his insecurity to himself. He makes it known to the world, which I guess it's good and bad because we kind of know... What's going on with him? Yeah, that well, that is one. That is kind of uh, the side advantage of him being on Twitter. Someone was saying it this weekend that we're getting the unfiltered, the raw, uncut, what's going on in Donald Trump's brain. We don't want to take that away because we want to know what dark bullshit is bouncing around in there. Yeah. So I, I guess, listen, uh, to, to your point, Yuri, I, I, uh, I feel for you. It is uh, an alarming situation. However, I do ultimately believe that all will be well. That they will intervene before something dramatic and dangerous and catastrophic happens from a military perspective. Because we also have to get the buy-in of your government before we go running roughshod. It's not just going to be launching missiles uh, over the peninsula into Pyongyang from a from a carrier or a battleship or even a submarine, we're going to have to get the buy-in of your government as well, just for diplomacy reasons. So I think cooler heads will prevail. Smarter men and women who know what the fuck is going on vastly more than our moron-in-chief will prevail upon his, whatever they need to do, even if it's appealed to his vanity to get him to not do the only other loose end would be what's Kim Jong-un thinking? What's he doing? Right. But keep us posted. We want to know how you're feeling and how things are going. Kind of the, the mood on the ground. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating to me. And um, we are definitely thinking of you. Very valuable. Thank you. You know what? Let's just let's launch right in to Dollamocracy right after the mid-roll and start talking about some of this stuff. Because there has been kind of an amping up of tensions. Jesse D, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> let's do that. Wow. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and 
good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. So if you haven't been to our Patreon page, please check it out. We have our Google slash Zoom hangouts coming up this Friday and Saturday. Um, The message will be sent out just a couple of minutes before the actual scheduled hangout time, and then you'll be able to join the call, and we hope you do. Again, that email will go out to those in the appropriate tier, so if that sounds like something you'd like to join, go check out the Patreon page. And remember, for just as little as a dollar a month, you could really help us get to that third episode per week. Which and we really we really would like to do. It, yeah, it, that's it, our goal. That's our next big goal. Yeah. So thank you for helping up to this point produce and uh, support the show. It, it means the world to us. Thanks a lot, you guys. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So as promised, only seconds ago, Brittany Page... We're going to talk about North Korea and exactly what's been going on because there's been this this bouncing back and forth of insults and bravado from our two despotic leaders, Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un, and it doesn't seem to be calming. Next to that new threat from North Korea tonight, its top diplomat now saying that President Trump's verbal attacks are a declaration of war and that his country now has the right to respond. Here's ABC's chief global affairs correspondent, Martha Raddatz, tonight. Tonight, North Korea calling the escalating public threats from President Trump a declaration of war. Rocket Man should have been handled a long time ago. Little Rocket Man. We're going to do it because we really have no choice. After those words, a tweet the president threatening the leaders of North Korea, saying that if they keep up provocations, they won't be around much longer. While U.S. bombers pushing further off the coast of North Korea, the farthest north they've been in nearly two decades. North Korea now threatening to shoot those bombers down. And at the White House today... We've not declared war on North Korea, uh, and frankly, the suggestion of that is absurd. Wow, a lot going on. And let's get to Martha now. Some sobering words from the president's national security advisor tonight, H.R. McMaster, just a short time ago. Yeah, Justin, David, he said what we hope to do is to avoid war, but we cannot discount that possibility, as you said, sobering. All right, Martha Raddatz, good to have you here tonight. So early in the week, though, it started with Donald Trump talking about at the U.N. First, he tweeted Rocket Man, and then he went on the, the, the floor of the U.N. Security Council in the chambers, and said Rocket Man again. <laughs> and then he's been calling him Little Rocket Man. And the, the North Korean, they put out a press release or a statement saying that Donald, a bunch of insults, one of which was detard. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Dotard. That's like the elegant way to say it. A dotard. I think maybe it's, well, they say it in this clip. Here is what, which is, by the way, is also trending on Twitter. Now people are calling him a duttered or whatever the fuck this word is. Because Kim Jong-un taught us all a new word. 
Who knew he would be useful in any way whatsoever? Mentally deranged. Gangster. <laughs> barking dog. Madman. Rocket man is on a suicide mission for himself. All perfectly explosive insults. But North Korea raising the bar with a term that left many searching for wisdom. Dotard. Dotard. It's not a word I say often. Dotard, which by or a dotard, I'm sorry. Dotard, I guess it's tomato, tomato. Dotard. According to Merriam-Webster, a state or period of senile decay marked by decline of mental poise. Or, as it translates from Korean, old lunatic. <laughs> the term is centuries old. Shakespeare also apparently very fond of it, often using it alongside fool and jest. So if nothing else, Kim Jong-un once again proves there's never a shortage of put-downs, whether on the playground or in a nuclear standoff. What I love about that is that when you translate dotard back, and dotard, I guess that's how you say it, when you translate dotard back into North Korean or Korean, I don't know the differences or the nuance between the languages, but it's old lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> because Kim Jong-un is like in his 30s. He's a, he's a younger, younger guy. Yeah. Can't tell, but... <laughs> right. Well, they all all despotic leaders, these these tyrants all act the same. Yeah. Using words like fire and fury and like the world is never seen and oh, we'll decimate you. Mm-hmm. So Donald Trump, old lunatic. Yep. Not it's- too far off the mark. It may be the most accurate thing other than golfing an 18 on an 18 hole golf course. Other than that, probably the most accurate thing he's ever said. Mm hmm. Dotard. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, if Hillary Clinton had be, been elected, we would be having this exact same conversation. Oh, yeah, so, for yeah. sure. She for sure would be raising the stakes unnecessarily Yeah, with this, you know, I think the only difference, the only difference would have been hashtag Rocket Man during the UN <laughs> speech with kind of like flashing it up on the screen like John Oliver does, trying yeah, to get yeah. everyone to tweet it. Right, and yeah. then saying, "Tweet it, everybody! Tweet For sure. it!" Yeah, she she wouldn't take her job seriously. No, she would do just like Donald Trump. Yeah, you hear that? All you Bernie voters that voted for Donald Trump, <laughs> don't worry, no big deal. <laughs> Hillary would have been doing the same kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting millions and millions of lives at risk. So don't worry about your vote for Donald Trump. Hard to tell who's yeah. worse. Seriously, hard to tell. Six of one, half dozen of the other. Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiots what's happening all right let's now let's move on to what happened this weekend donald trump on friday night was campaigning you know we're eight months into his presidency and he doesn't even have an opponent but he's campaigning for president in 2020 we'll have streets filled with fucking uh automatic self-driving cars by then and he's already campaigning yeah in Alabama to a shitty, tiny little crowd. Insignificant little crowd. Do we have Patreon supporters in Alabama? No. Yeah, I think that that's why. Georgia. I think that we don't have any in Alabama because every time you say Alabama, you play the banjo music. They know. And they're offended. All right, well, that's the price you pay to get to play that awesome 
banjo music. Well, while he was in Alabama, Donald Trump said this off script. Off script. When he goes rogue, that's when he causes himself problems and the country. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out, he's fired. He's fired! And then here, he wanders around like a, like a, like a, kind of strutting around like a rooster and weird for like 30 seconds, caulking around the stage and... (laughs) With the rooster strut. And then they start with this. John in Cincinnati's losing his fucking mind because of the USA chance. Mm-hmm. You know, some owner's going to do that. He's going to say, that guy that disrespects our flag, he's fired. And that owner, they don't know it. They don't know it. They're friends of mine, many of them. They don't know it. They'll be the most popular person for a week. They'll be the most popular person in this country because that's a total disrespect of our heritage. That's a total disrespect of everything that we stand for, okay? Everything that we stand for. And I know we have freedoms and we have freedom of choice and many, many different freedoms, but you know what? It's still totally disrespectful. And you know, when the NFL ratings are down massively, massively, the NFL ratings are down massively. Now, the number one reason happens to be that they like watching what's happening on, you know, with yours, turn. They like what's happening. This, because, you know, today, if you hit too hard, right? They hit too hard, 15 yards, throw him out of the game. They had that last week. I watched for a couple of minutes, and two guys just really beautiful tackle. Boom, 15 yards. The referee gets on television. His wife is sitting at home. She's so proud of him. They're ruining the game. Right? Listen to these morons. Hey, look, that's what they want to do. They want to hit, okay? They want to hit, but but it is hurting the game. So first of all, (laughs) I mean, there's many things. But first of all, when he's listing our freedoms, he kind of got stumped there, got stymied a little bit and said, Talked about our freedom of choice. You know, we got a lot of freedoms and freedom of choice and so many other freedoms. <laughs> yeah. Is he talking about picking out peanut butter at the fucking grocery store? What is he talking about? Freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. Free, free, how about freedom of speech? Freedom of expression? Freedom of association? Yeah, not that one. What? What is he doing? And then the ratings are down? Because of Donald, because people are watching Donald Trump on TV. I know. Isn't that remarkable? Rather than the NFL. Listening to him say that, it. (laughs) Oh, and I I don't understand how people like Paul Ryan and I mean, these people need to come out and really say something because this is getting to the point where it is extremely embarrassing. I mean, it's been embarrassing for a while, but now I mean, it's just getting... Why are they not embarrassed? It's getting worse every single day. And I don't know if people are just getting used to it. I'm not used to it yet. I wake up, I look at what he has tweeted, I read the news, and I cringe. 
I cannot believe that this is still <laughs> happening. Yeah. That he's talking about ratings. That he's talking about how everyone wants to watch him. Did, did you also? Why isn't being president enough for him? Did still. you hear his other thing? That NFL owners, if they did this for a week, would be the most popular person in America. Yeah. Well, because then it goes back to him. That's right. Because <laughs> if they're the most popular person forever, yeah. that means he's not the most popular. So he had to amend it to only a week. Many of them are also his friends. Ma- many of them. But I, I think that, that a part of this quote should be highlighted, which is when he said, when people like yourselves turn on television and you see those people taking the knee That's when they're right. playing our great national anthem. Those people. Those people. I mean, he actually said those people. What people do you think he's talking about? It's not white people. (laughs) He actually said those people. When people like you, my audience, what does his audience look like? Well, where was his audience? In fucking (laughs) Alabama. He didn't do this in New York City. Yeah. When, he didn't do this in Minnesota or something Fargo, North Dakota. When people like yourselves who waited hours in line to see me in Alabama turn on the television and see those people right. kneeling during the anthem. They should say, you son of a bitch. Fire that son of a bitch. That's what he said. I mean, we, we're all hearing the same thing, right? I think so. Are we getting the message? So... CNN, listen to this intro to the segment talking about what went down on CNN. It all started on Friday when President Trump went on a tear during a rally in Alabama. Here's a reminder of what he said, and I should warn you, some, especially young ones in the room, are going to find this language offensive. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners, when somebody disrespects our flag, To say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now. Out. He's fired. He's fired. So Anna Cabrera is introing a segment featuring remarks in a speech from the president of the United States of America. And she needs to give a little disclaimer in case there's children in the room. Here's a reminder of what he said, and I should warn you, some, especially young ones in the room, are going to find this language offensive. It wasn't Dave Chappelle she was introing. It wasn't a Kid Rock segment, or Louis C.K., or Andrew Dice Clay. It was the President of the United States, not some filthy fucking comic who's making public remarks. He's the president. Yeah. Talking like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Knowing this is what that I'm he's saying. being covered live on TV. Yeah. Well, we elected a game show host to be president. So I want to talk about why people are pro why people are protesting. Why this all started. Why Colin Kaepernick took the knee in the first place a year ago. Because it, it seems as though people have forgotten or people are trying to misconstrue the situation to fit whatever narrative they want to propagate, which is what Donald Trump is doing. He's trying to make this as though they want to disrespect the flag. Right. They're trying to cloud the issue like the protest is they're protesting the flag, the anthem or the flag. Yeah. So this is what he said, quote, I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. 
To me, this is bigger than football, and it would be selfish on my part to look the other way. There are bodies in the streets and people getting paid leave and getting away with murder. Okay, so he's talking about the racial injustice and the killing of unarmed black men. Almost a thousand of whom were killed last year. Without consequence for the armed agents of the state that caused that to happen. So people are saying, yeah, these are millionaires. These are people that have a lot of money complaining about how they're oppressed. No, that's not what they're doing. They're using their platform to highlight this issue for people that do not have a platform. And unfortunately, some people are choosing to distort their message. That's well. And it's because it's easier to dismiss it if it's, oh, they're attacking patriotism. That's not what they're doing, but it's easy to dismiss that argument. Right. And I have seen people saying, oh, can you tell me why it is they're doing this then? Because I just heard it's because they hate the flag. Okay, well, why don't you do a Google search and ask Google just quickly, why is Colin Kaepernick doing this? And you will find the answer from his mouth. Yeah. Well, Jake Tapper had some thoughts and always poignant. Jake Tapp gets it done. Here he is kind of addressing this entire idiot idea of Trump wading in to this culture war. We begin today with the politics lead President Trump this weekend exacerbating an already contentious debate in the culture wars by picking a side and doing so willingly, enthusiastically, and really rather crudely. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag? To say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out, he's fired. He's fired! The response from NFL players and owners was overwhelmingly a dramatic rejection of that, with the league commissioner and team owners issuing statements assailing President Trump's comments and his tone. And these displays of unity and brotherhood among hundreds of players, locking arms, supporting their fellow players, taking knees, including support for, especially support for, those who have been protesting during the anthem. And keep in mind, as you look at these pictures from Sunday, one week before, according to an ESPN tally, only nine players of the nearly 1,700 in the NFL were kneeling or sitting or raising a fist during the national anthem. That is until the president chose to enter the fray and call those men, those nine men, sons of bitches and demand that they be fired. Let us begin today our discussion with the simple proposition that for most Americans, where you come down on the debate over protests during the national anthem at a football game is not wrong, per se. That those who want to take a knee or raise a fist are doing so not because they hate America or the flag or the anthem, but because they love them and they want the United States of America to be the best she can be and they see too much racial injustice to do nothing. People such as the Seattle Seahawks' Michael Bennett, who told us just a few days ago after Charlottesville, he could no longer do nothing. There's a point where silence is becoming dishonest. Every day I try to remind my daughter that she matters and that she's important, that her skin doesn't matter. She's going to be judged off the content of a character like Martin Luther King say. But every day when I watch TV, I'm reminded that that's not the, that's not the America that I'm living in. And let us also posit today that those who oppose these protests during moments that are supposed to be unifying. And when many are thinking about troops and veterans, especially those who have been lost, that those who feel that way are not necessarily wrong either. 
and that they too have every right to their feelings and demonstrations and should not automatically be treated as hostile to the desire for racial justice. People such as Terry Johnson, a gold star mother who lost her son, Sergeant Joseph Johnson, in an IED attack in Afghanistan in 2010, and who spoke with us as well. The flag that I see is the flag that draped my son's casket in honor. And I see the flag that was handed to my husband and I with deep respect from a grateful nation. When I look at the flag, I see the best of us. Let's start there, because that's where we as a nation were until Friday evening. Some people were protesting, some people were disagreeing with the protests, some were booing, some were changing the channel, others were rooting along. And then President Trump stepped into the debate this way. So let's talk about that, because I think that's an important point. That, like, if I was there, I would stand for the pledge. And I, I love these photos that I'm seeing of men standing with their hand on their hearts and their other hand resting on the shoulder of a kneeling player. It's, I choose to stand, and that's okay, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my hand on you and support you because what you're doing is just as okay. It's just another form of expression. It's not, if you stand for the pledge and put your hand over your heart or the, the anthem, you're, you're, you're not saying, I don't care about the other side of this issue, about what they're protesting. You don't have to take a knee to agree with what they're saying. And by taking a knee, you're not thinking that everyone standing is shitty. That's a lot of that, I think, is getting lost in this entire topic. So something I do want to comment on, though, is <laughs> I want people to evaluate why it is they're taking the position they are and what truly is motivating that feeling. So if someone believes this is wrong... I'm genuinely interested to understand why they believe it's wrong. Right. And I've been reading all these different articles today about how unpopular civil rights protests have been throughout history at the time. But then once we have some time to, sure. to be removed from that event, we reflect on it in a more positive way. It's unthinkable until it's not. Yeah. It's unpopular until it's not. And so a great example of this is the March on Washington, where the famous I Have a Dream speech was yeah, delivered yeah. by Martin Luther King Jr. And Gallup conducted a poll in August of 1963. It's not Gallup, but... Pew, 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 pew. And they asked a nationally representative sample of 1,500 people... So a, a decent sample. What are your feelings about this proposed mass civil rights rally, the March on Washington? And 60% had an unfavorable view. 60%? And 17% had no opinion and were undecided. Only 23% had a favorable view. Wow. But now that we're in 2017... And I don't know when the positivity started, but everyone generally thinks of the March on Washington as this very beneficial... Oh, a touchstone moment in American history. Yeah, that yeah. where would we be without it happening? Yeah. Right? But at the time, 
everyone was pissed off. Everyone was feeling like how people are feeling now about about NFL players taking a knee or Black Lives Matter activists going into the streets after another cop has been let off without consequences following the killing of an unarmed black man. Man. So another example of this is the Freedom Riders and sit-ins that occurred. And this poll was conducted by Gallup as well in May 1961. And they said, do you approve or disapprove of what the Freedom Riders are doing? 61% disapprove. 18% had no opinion. Only 22% approved. Now, of course, with the benefit of hindsight, everybody loves it. And this one, do you think sit-ins at lunch counters, freedom buses, and other demonstrations will hurt or help the chances of black people being integrated into the South? 57% said it would hurt, 16% had no opinion, and 28% said it would help. So think about that when you're talking to people who are disagreeing about this. This is no different. The fight and the struggle for gay rights and gay marriage is no different. It was fucking terribly unpopular until it wasn't. Now, the vast majority of Americans believe that gay and lesbian Americans have a right to be married. I have another one. Oh, yeah. We love the evidence. Lay it on us. Okay, October 1966. This was um, a sample of 1,200 people. All in all, do you feel the demonstrations by black people on civil rights have helped more or hurt more in the advancement of their rights? 85% hurts. 15% 15% helps. Wow. So wow. Ma- the majority of people believed that the demonstrations... Vast majority. Hurt. That's right. Hurt their chances of advancing their rights. The same thing could be said that's happening right now. Exactly. This is what is being said. They're being told, no, you shouldn't do that. You should... There's a, a better way. Yeah, there's a better way. They don't say what the way is, but... They say it, you it should exists. you should write down a letter and seal it in an envelope and put it in a hope chest. Yeah, that's the best way to protest for equality in America in 2017. Ugh. Yeah. Well, in the the Little Rock Nine, the anniversary was today. It oh. was 60 years ago. That's so amazing that it was not that long ago. Yeah, and this was the group of nine African American students that enrolled in Little Rock Central High School. And horrible photos of people abusing and mistreating and maligning and spitting on them and calling them names all while they just walked to school with other to to be at school with white people. Right. And I was looking at that image of the crowd of white, angry white people. Hateful fucks. I think is what you mean. Behind these students. Yeah. And I was thinking... I, I wish people would look at this photo and think, wow, this was only 60 years ago. Yeah. These In people fact, are still alive. Yeah. Eight out of nine of those people are still alive. So yes. I started thinking, how many of these white people are still alive? And how did they vote? Number one. Number two, how do they feel about Colin Kaepernick and the NFL protests? What are, or, what's their well, feeling? Have, have their opinions changed about that particular historical incident? Yeah. And, if and they how does it influence changed, that today? Yeah. What do they feel today? Yeah. Oh, damn. And I genuinely wonder. But then I also think of 
people who are my age and where they would have been. And I, I, I think we're in a similar position here. Yeah, those people on your Facebook page yeah. who are spewing venom about Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, they're the angry white mob. That's right. They would have been the ones spitting on the black kids walking to school who just want a decent education. And I, I don't think that's hyperbolic. I, I, I don't either. And it's upsetting to think about because you, you want to imagine that this isn't the case. Because after all... It's 2017, Brittany Page. Yeah, but you also have to realize, listen, 60 years ago is not that long. Right. I, I don't know how many times I have to say this, but that is not that long they ago. They had TVs and cars. And those people, <laughs> those those kids, those students had to be escorted from the school at like 1030 a.m. They couldn't even make it the whole day because they would have probably been killed yeah. because of the anger. Wild mob mentality violence and threats of violence just because of equality in school in education right. just because they wanted an education with white people in arkansas yeah again it wasn't in northern california this wasn't in massachusetts this was in fucking arkansas which sad to say we have listeners and patreon supporters in arkansas and they will be the first to tell you it's not a far cry from alabama so, or mississippi so for those people that are having this emotional reaction i would hope that they would take a take a beat think about why they're feeling that way maybe look at this polling <laughs> from the march on washington what are the chances of that and <laughs> I'm really angry, but hang on. Let me look at this this uh, this Gallup poll here. And try to imagine <laughs> what they're going to feel like in 20 years. Is this going to be important? Donald Trump, Having baby. stood against this, is that going to be important? Yes. Oh, standing against Colin Kaepernick yes. or against the opposition to him? Against him. Yeah, no. Is that going to be important? Is that going to be useful? No, you're going to regret that. But it is going to be important if you stand with him. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Well, let's listen to what Donald Trump said on Sunday after there were the the fury happened and there was the reaction from the players. It went from nine players bending the knee to hundreds of players either avoiding the pledge altogether like the Pittsburgh Steelers did or actually kneeling in solidarity with other players who were accused of being sons of bitches. I watched a little bit and I will say that there was tremendous solidarity for our flag and for our country. Your friend, Robert Kraft, said he was disappointed by what you said on Friday. Well, that's okay. Look, he's got to take his... He has to take his ideas and go with what he wants. I think it's very disrespectful to our country. I think it's very, very disrespectful to our flag. I like Bob very much. He's my friend, but he gave me a Super Bowl ring a month ago, right? So he's a good friend of mine, but... And I want him to do what he wants to do, but we have a great country. We have great people representing our country, especially our soldiers, our first responders, and they should be treated with respect. And when you get on your knee and you don't respect the American flag or the anthem, that's not being treated with respect. That is fucking asinine. I've been commenting on Facebook pages selectively <laughs> on threads this weekend. Oh. And then also... 
I've done a couple of videos. I did a video on Saturday and then one today. Mm-hmm. And there is no way to get around it. Protest is dissent. There is nothing more idealistically American than dissent. Military members, myself included, served in the military to ensure that people can protest the flag and the anthem in any way they see fit. I didn't just serve so people could stand and be patriotic. That's fucking easy. The beauty of America and what we stand for, that noble thing I was talking about earlier, is the fact that our freedoms are so secure. The ideals of what we want to be are so secure that it's also okay to dissent, to offer a different opinion, to disagree, to criticize, to provide commentary in a negative manner. The flag is strong enough. The concept of America is bold enough and strong enough to withstand that. In fact, it provides for it. It asks for it. You don't have the right because the government gives you the right of free speech or assembly. The Constitution protects that inalienable right. It is your right whether the government gives it to you or not. The government is in there to provide protection of that right. And for Donald Trump, that's ah, disrespectful to the country. We have a great country. We have a great country. We have great people who represent the country. Uh, what are you even fucking saying, you moron? You five-time draft-dodging coward. You don't respect the flag. Because of your bone spurs. Yeah, I, I think that's the most confusing thing to me. So people are praising Donald Trump for what he's saying because of the statements he's made about how important it is to respect the flag and the anthem. Yet he is someone who disrespected the Gold Star family, said that yeah. he prefers men who weren't captured, mocking John McCain, prisoner of war. Right. And he never served. And he went to a military academy in high school. And he knows more about ISIS than the generals, Brittany. This is someone who has been blatantly insulting to actual military members. Actual fucking American heroes. Who sacrificed. Yeah. Who made actual sacrifices for this country, for those freedoms. He has insulted them. And that wasn't upsetting enough to these people who were now so concerned about the flag and the national anthem and whether what people are doing while the national while the national anthem is playing. Well, he's, so he's calling black fellas sons of bitches. That makes them happy. It's it's red meat for the base. It just doesn't make sense, though. If you are concerned with the military and supporting the troops, like John in Cincinnati said, which, by the way, let me add. We don't have a white military, you fucking assholes. I served the first black people that I got to know in any substantial way was when I joined the Marine Corps. I grew up in white communities, exclusively white communities, until I joined the Marine Corps. I have lots of very strong bonds wonderful lifelong friendships with Mexicans, 
Latinos of every stripe because of the Marine Corps. It's not a white service. So when he's talking about the military, does he think they're all in lockstep supporting him? Because they also have issues relative to equality before they got in and then after they get out. It's myopic. It's not looking at the whole picture. Yeah. Well, I think it is looking at the whole picture and (laughs) (laughs) no. Well, let's, I'm going to skip. I was going to play Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, completely avoiding all of the questions that were asked of her about this. That I think the president has a duty to stand up for the flag. Well, he doesn't have a duty to call people son of a bitch in public, private citizens, while standing in front of a podium that has affixed to it the seal of the president of the United States. He doesn't have that. He doesn't need to do that. But instead, let's go to Shep Smith over at uh, Fox News. One of two voices of reason at that entire decrepit network who really, if anybody's taking care of biz this week, it should probably be him, huh? Yep, I think so. In fact, that was suggested by Todd in Arkansas. In Arkansas. All right, well, then let's uh, let's do that here instead of the end. Taking care of biz. A Shepard Smith. <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah, Shepard Smith is taking care of biz. So he was on with one of their field reporters talking about this issue. I think she's new. Is she new? Yeah. I, we don't watch Fox ever, so it's only clips that I see. You'll get the message. And this is not things that Republicans want to be talking about. Republicans Republicans may not want it. Rachel, Republicans may not want it. But this thing, you know, I read the email. I I have Twitter, though. I let them take care of it. it. It's very clear that for his base, this is the red meat of all red meat because they're able to reframe this. They're able to say, oh, they're attacking the national anthem. They're attacking. They're attacking the troops. They're attacking the flag. None of which they're doing. They're not doing any of that. They're upset about racial injustice in the country, and they're upset about the things that the president has said. And yet he's able to turn it around for his base. Isn't this all a play to his base? And could it possibly be so that they don't notice there is no health care and North Korea is the biggest mess since the Cold War? Maybe a distraction he wants right now, right? Um, No, it definitely plays up to a corner of his base, a fraction of his base. I can tell you, I was talking to a Republican about this just a couple of hours ago, and they don't see this helpful as being helpful at all. This source was saying, um, you know, these protesters were just a few uh, players, and they were barely getting any headlines, and then Trump attacked them and attacked the NFL, um, and ever since then it's just ratcheted up so that now you have a whole bunch of 200, what, 200 players taking a knee or back in the locker room not standing for the national anthem. And it's just, it's an ugly dispute right now, right? Um, people in general uh, don't like it when folks protest the national anthem, but it's become more. Of course, they're not debate, protesting the national the anthem. Right, correct. That's not it's what they're doing. Yeah, we're complicit. It's become, <laughs> it has become more than just about the flag, obviously, because the folks feel like the president is bullying uh, black uh, football players who, after. The Charlottesville uh, controversy just a few weeks later. So, yeah, it's just bad all around for Republicans. We can say that. Yep. Rachel Bade, great to see you again from Politico. Appreciate it. Yeah, Rachel absolutely. Rachel Bade. 
Apparently that's who it was. Well, let's talk about that. The fact that just a few weeks ago after Charlottesville, there were very good people, very fine people marching for culture, our history and our heritage, Brittany Page, Nazis, alt-right scumbags were very fine people who were just exhibiting and practicing their constitutionally protected free free speech. Right. But these are sons of bitches. These people, those people, sons of bitches. Yeah, and I mean, he's not speaking like this about David Duke. Remember when he was asked about David Duke with Jake Tapper? Well, uh, I don't know about these groups. Uh, I'll have to look into them. I never yeah, heard no. about David Duke. I don't know. We have to give me some time to do some I research. I mean, you're saying white supremacist. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> this KKK, what? What is that? Is yeah. that some kind of a labor union? <laughs> uh. So this is someone who does that when asked to comment on David Duke supporting him. But he's got all kinds of opinions. Yeah, and that, when it's nine black football players who are kneeling for our song, it's very problematic. Our country's song. It's very problematic. <laughs> and as as we sit here and talk endlessly about all of these things that seem so obviously problematic with this person and the way that he behaves Ugh. and the things that he says, there are still people that support him and yeah. defend this, including. Other anchors at Fox News. Including people that you might love yeah. and care about and that are intelligent. <laughs> and ostensibly. And 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 this is this is this is getting difficult, right? Well l- let's wrap this entire segment here with Ainsley Earhart. What about the country? majority? Okay, the majority so tired of protecting the minority. Interviewing Pastor Jeffress, Donald Trump's like pastor. It's his guy who prays with him in the Oval Office and lays hands on him all the fucking time. He had this to say about why these protests were done in the wrong way. You just need to understand. They should do it another way. With hundreds of national anthem protests on Sunday, many of them by millionaires, a question. Okay, first of all, They're not national anthem protests. They are protests that happen during the national anthem, quietly, silently. And the fact that they're done by millionaires doesn't fucking matter. You are are purposefully clouding the issue, trying to turn your viewers against what they are standing about, what they are kneeling about because they're millionaires with hundreds of national anthem protests on sunday many of them by millionaires a question now can they afford to put their suffering in perspective here to discuss is pastor robert jeffress a fox news contributor and the author of his new book it's called a place called heaven and we also have reverend michael faulkner a former player for the new york jets and a pastor in harlem here and a candidate for controller for the city that's right that's right congratulations um wish you all the best on that so I'll start with you, Pastor Jeffers, because you're saying that you you understand these men have 
have problem have you know they have their arguments or their issues with the country but you think there's a better way to protest that's right there is a better way to protest social injustice without disrespecting our country or disrespecting our country's leaders i mean for example a few years ago you had those oregon christian bakers who were almost driven into bankruptcy for practicing their faith that's injustice but they didn't respond by calling then president obama a bum or this football coach you all have covered who was fired for voluntarily praying. He didn't respond to that injustice by failing to stand for the national anthem. I think what these players are doing is absolutely wrong. These players ought to be thanking God that they live in a country where they're not only free to earn millions of dollars every year, but they're also free from the worry of being shot in the head for taking a knee like they would be if they were in North Korea. And I think tens of millions of Americans agree with President Trump when he says they ought to be called out for this. I know this president. President Trump is not a racist. For President Trump, this is not about race. It's about respect of country. Oh, well, how can you argue with that authority? According to this guy, Donald Trump is also a <laughs> the perfect Christian. That's what he says. Yeah, he, he knows all about it. Two Corinthians. Where in the fuck is he coming from to say that? Oh, well, you didn't see people dis- disrespecting our leaders then. How about we didn't also see our leaders disrespecting private citizens and calling them sons of bitches? He is a disgusting, disgusting perversion of what Jesus intended for a Christian leader. That's sorry. That's it's what it is. I'm just here to let you say what you need to say they're to lucky. get it off your chest. They're lucky they're not getting shot in the head. Yeah. Way to go, Christ-like guy. So. (laughs) Spoken like Jesus would have said it. You know, if this was going on, Jesus would be concerned about the American flag and the national anthem. He wouldn't be worried about black injustice and about racial inequality. It's interesting that he's criticizing the way that they are quote-unquote disrespecting symbols of the of the country and the leaders of the country but that, but that's called idolatry but then says in north korea they would be shot in the head okay yeah we are not north korea and you, what makes us america is that we can criticize our leaders we can that's exactly right we can protest we can do these things because you know so, what they do have in north korea forced acts of patriotism yeah so when he's when he's saying this Um, I mean, I feel like he's just contradicting himself all over the place. And this is what makes America that people were able to participate in the March on Washington, that they did the sit-ins at the lunch counters. Yes. This is how we, we orchestrate societal change. This is how movement occurs. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know why anyone would be upset by that. I don't know why he, in particularly, feels threatened by it. It's a short-sighted view of American history and exactly the power and strength of our Constitution is what it is. All right. Well, we've already done Taking Care of Biz with Shep Smith. We're going to leave it there. We have a whole other segment to do on the fact that Jared Kushner, Ivanka Trump, Steve Bannon, Reince Priebus, all now we're finding out 
were using while working in the White House for official government business were using a private email server, not a whitehouse.gov email address. Huh. Very weird. We will cover that. We'll get back to you on Wednesday or Thursday to talk about that. And I am dying because, goddamn, how hypocritical these worthless jerk-offs are. All right. On that happy note, we're going to leave you. Do you have anything to add, Brittany Page? Um, <laughs> really putting me on the spot. But um, something that I've been thinking about is just how stressful this all is. And how thankful I am to our listeners who write into us and share their thoughts and move the conversation forward. Yeah. But also who are forgiving of us when we say dumb things or things that they might not agree with and who love us anyway and believe in us and support us. And I'm thankful for that. Well, listen, as part of moving the conversation forward, let's talk about the phone number. If you would like to disagree or agree or just give your opinion on any matter, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you. We appreciate you. Without you, this would not exist. We love you. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been... I doubt it.